0: I'm going to be reading from Luke chapter 2. If you want to follow along with me in your Bible, you're welcome to. We also have it up on the screen here. Um, This is uh, verses 1 through 21. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to his own town to register. On the eighth day when it was time to circumcise him, he was named Jesus, the name the angel had given him before he had been conceived.
1: Merry Christmas! Christmas. Thank you. I'm really happy to be here with all of you and celebrate Jesus and what God did that night. Uh, I have nothing new to say, nothing that the church hasn't been preaching for the last 2,000 years. No fresh insight into what happened the night that our Savior was born. But that's okay. I, um, I've been singing a lot of the Itsy Bitsy Spider lately. And uh, I don't even know where my brain pulled that out of the recesses of my memory. But have you just, I mean, I don't know the last time is that you thought about that song deeply. But it's got a nice little meaning. The Itsy Bitsy Spider went out the water spout. Down came the rain. washed the spider out. Out came the sun, dried up all the rain, and the itsy-bitsy spider went up the spout again. It's about perseverance. It's about the sun's going to come out. It might be raining today, it might be hard today, but the sun is coming out, and you're going to climb back up that water spout. So just like the itsy-bitsy spider, uh, this is a story we have all heard a thousand times. We've heard it, if you've been alive 65 years, you've probably heard it 70 times. But as we get older, our understanding of the stories which we've heard ought to deepen. Every year when we come back to the story of Jesus' birth, we ought to try pondering it afresh. To see what might hit us in a new way and to remember our commitment to our King Jesus, who was and remains good. So I'd like to share with you what hit me in a new way this year. Uh for any guests today, and we have a good amount um if your family hello uh i my name's Kristen. I gave birth to a baby boy two and a half months ago um and so pretty early on, I found myself just gazing into his eyes as you do when you are a mom, and I was thinking about Jesus and what Mary must have felt like looking into her baby's eyes, and what he must have felt like in her warm embrace on that first night of his life. So for the first time, and again with a story that I've heard a whole bunch of times, this year my thoughts really shifted to Mary. Uh, So I gave birth in a very clean hospital with a very nice hospital room, And nurses and medical professionals, and it was sterile, and it was still a violent, bloody, beautiful mess. It was horrific, (laughs) to say the least. Uh, So, reading this again this year, I kind of always knew that, but now that I've experienced it, I am just dumbstruck by God's sovereignty that anyone had a baby. 2,000 years ago, but specifically that Mary had her baby in a barn with no one there to support her apart from her soon-to-be husband, who was likely a virgin himself, like he was way out of his depth. He had absolutely, I'm sure he had no idea what he was doing, Uh, and so it's just astounding to me that Jesus came into the world that way and that God protected them both. Uh, and and not only this, but that this was God's plan to fulfill his promise to his people, was that he was going to bring a child. I mean, like if I were God, the baby would have come closer to our day and age where we could have ensured its safety. Well, not insured, but the chances are higher. It's just crazy to me. It would be like if I gave my dog, Peppa, a piece of paper with a very important message and told her to get it to China and just walked away. And somehow she got it there because I was that in control of things. What? Like, God, this plan made absolutely no sense on paper, but God made it happen. Just dumbstruck by it. Also, he gave a teenager a baby. Can you imagine... Giving your baby to a teenager. Maybe you were a teenager. God bless you when you had a baby. I'm 27 and it's been real hard. It's hard to have a baby. So there's just so much that could have gone wrong and there's so much that did go wrong. Uh, I mean, within the first couple months of his life, there was a hit put out for his life. Uh, there, I mean, just God was in control the whole time. And this was his plan. And so I don't think that you need to be a mom to empathize with Mary or imagine what it must have felt like to have been her. Um, but I'm going to invite you all to do that with me tonight. Because this year, I find myself asking a whole new set of questions. What was it about her that caused God to favor her? What was it about Joseph was it just his lineage that he came from the line of David and that was the prophecy? Or was there something else? What was it about the shepherds that caused God to reveal the truth to them that night? About the magi who weren't in this Luke's version of this story, but they are in Matthew's. And now I know that this story isn't about Mary or Joseph or the shepherds. It's about Jesus. And I'm with you on that. Jesus is the beginning and the end of all things. He is the Alpha and the Omega. King forever. And so in no way do I intend to take away from the true focus of this story by spending a few minutes thinking about the people that our Lord spent his first night on earth with. But rather, I want to join God in honoring the people who God has chosen to honor. And to ask him sincerely what was it about them that caused God to pick them? And what does that reveal about his heart? So again, I'm going to be really quick. <clears throat> and just, I'm going to talk about Joseph, Mary, and the shepherds. So Joseph, from this story, it starts off with um, him taking his fiancée. They weren't married yet. And remember, he's a very, he, his, he's a Jew. He's a Jew. He's Jew. He's a Jew, (laughs) and so he is, the culture, the people around him are very religious, and he was engaged to a pregnant woman. So he looked like a fool. He looked like an utter fool. He was a cuckold, as Shakespeare would say, before he was even married. But he had faith because he knew what God had promised, and he believed her. Uh, Would you stand by Jesus if it made you look like a fool like that? Joseph had faith. Mary, I think, had perspective. Uh, Just before the scripture that John read in Luke 1, um, it's the story of the angel coming to her and basically telling her like, hey, you're going to have a baby, and it's going to be the promised Emmanuel. God favors you. And her response to that, if I'm her, I'm thinking, okay, I'm a teenager. Uh who is Joseph still going to want to marry me? Everyone's going to look down on me. This is going to be rough. That's what I'm thinking. But she responds with this outburst of worship. And she sings, I'm pretty sure that maybe she just recites it like spoken word, but I imagine her singing this long, beautiful uh, piece of poetry uh, exclaiming that God is good and that she's so thankful that he's chosen her to partake in what he's doing and that she's glad that he's remembered his people Israel and has chosen to have mercy. That's her response. And then in the scripture that John just read, she says that, um, or well, He says that she treasured up all these things in her heart. That night, she wasn't thinking about being in a barn instead of in a place where normal women would have given birth. She wasn't thinking about no one having room for her at the end. She wasn't thinking about all the things that she didn't have. She was thinking about the thing that God gave her. She had perspective. She was wrapped up and the grand story of what God was doing, and humbled to be a part of it. So do you treasure the good news in your heart? Jesus came. She treasured it. She knew what that meant. Is this story as precious to you? Is it as near and dear to your heart? Lastly, the shepherd's response. Uh, the Scripture says that, after the angels appeared to them, so there it's it's nighttime, the Lord was born, and then an angel appears to them and says, "Hey, God just did something huge, and then, right after the angel appears, then the whole heavenly host, whatever that means, I picture a big chorus of angels start singing praise to God before their very eyes while they're tending to their sheep in a field, minding their own business. And their response to what they've been told is to hurry and to go look and see for themselves whether or not that was true. And they found that that was true. And so they went and told everybody that they could find in the middle of the night that God had just done a new, amazing, wonderful thing, that the Messiah was here. And then they went back and continued to worship and praise God. Because he didn't lie. So I think that something that they all have in common is that they knew what they were waiting for. They knew the scriptures well. They were waiting for the Messiah. And then when they were told that he had come, they had faith. They had an open heart to what God was doing. I love that that is Christmas-themed. Incredible. I am going to make all of my ringtones applicable to the season now. Okay. So, something they all had in common, they knew the scriptures well. And when the time came for the scriptures to be fulfilled, they had faith. They were open to be used by God. In a way, I don't think that there was anything particularly special about them, other than that they were willing and they were ready. Are we willing? Are we ready? We're, we're on the front side of a promise, too. He's coming back. Are we willing? Are we ready? And what does what God picking them reveal about his character? I think on paper, if you looked at Joseph, you would see a fool. If you looked at Mary, you would see... A liar and a promiscuous woman at best, if you looked at the shepherds, you would see people working a lowly job. Uh, it wasn't highly favored in the middle of a shepherd doing something or field that no one else wanted to do. But what did God see? I think that he saw willingness and readiness. Therefore, as it is written, let the one who boasts boast in the Lord. People see what's on the outside, and God sees what's on the heart. So this Christmas, what does God see when he looks at you? Are you willing, and are you ready? And you don't need to be perfect. I don't think that they were, but are you willing? And are you ready? And so as a final thing, as Austin walks up towards the microphone, hello, Austin, I just want to encourage you all that if you're feeling inadequate and like the, the heart that you have to offer God tonight isn't doing well, Uh maybe you haven't talked to him in a while, maybe there's a, a sin that's hidden in your life, maybe... You're doing everything. You're reading the Bible constantly, and you just still don't feel good enough. Rest assured, you're not. And that's okay. Because God loves you, and he paid the price for that. And so I just want to encourage you this Christmas to bring him what you have. Be willing. Be ready. So I'm going to pray, and then Austin is going to explain the candles. So God, we love you. We're thankful for you. Um, Jesus, you changed everything. And we get to live in all of the fruit of that. And it tastes so sweet, God. So, Jesus, we ask that you give us the courage to bring what we have to help us to be willing and ready. God, we thank you that you see what's on the inside. Uh, We hope that you're honored tonight. Amen.